Need custom-made images, videos, and more for your next campaign? Discover Shutterstock Studios, offering end-to-end -end creative solutions and content for major brands and agencies. With most productions worldwide on pause, Shutterstock Studios is your secret weapon for getting the content you need. Learn more at Shutterstock.com studios. Welcome to the Pop-Up Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Sandler. Together, we'll discover the latest and greatest in experiential retail, marketing, and pop-ups. That means fashion, retail, restaurants, art, and entertainment. You're going to hear about new business models, creative strategies, and the latest technologies available that make pop-up sales and marketing effective for brands. Katie Hunt is the co-founder and chief revenue officer of Showfields, the most interesting store in the world. Katie began her career as the third employee of Warby Parker. She served as chief brand officer for Hinge, where she led the charge for their relaunch and rebrand, and has worked extensively with startups in branding, product development, marketing, operations, and fundraising. Also, Katie is the co-founder of The Fund, which is a cool VC fund made up of a community of founders and operators that invests and mentors early stage companies in New York, Los Angeles, and London. Katie is a trove of positive energy and a wealth of knowledge, and I am so pleased that she's with us today. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. What a fun way to start the day. Oh, good. So, Katie, for those uh, out there in our audience who might not be familiar with the Showfields concept, if there is anyone, um, please just give us a quick overview of the idea, how it works for brands and consumers, and your locations. Of course. Yeah. So, Showfields really came out of this beautiful idea um, from my co-founders, Amir and Tal, of democratizing High Street, right? So like any street in the world you went to, wherever you were, you kind of were seeing the same things on every street corner, whether you were in Tokyo or New York City or Paris. Um, and yet like we're in the age of the creator where more companies than ever before are being created, but there's just no space to go and meet those brands. And when we really began to dig in on why that was, it's because, you know, retail's hard, it's expensive, you have to sign a 15 year lease, it's probably not in your expertise within your team. Um, and so we really set out to build a technology platform and a business model that would enable brands to pop up in locations that would normally be out of reach for them and to really understand retail uh, as an extension of getting new customers and selling product. Um, so we started out with our first location over two years ago now at 11 Bond Street in New York City. It's on the corner of Bond and Lafayette. Uh, and we have worked with hundreds of brands and artists there. Uh, we launched our second location this year in Miami and South Beach at 530 Lincoln Road. Um, and we also 
also use the platform to do other crazy things such as live video shopping, interactive e-com, ability to pop up locations pretty much anywhere in the world. But at the base of everything, it's about creating a new dynamic around discovery for consumers that's fun and engaging and makes shopping amazing again, but uh, also you know, brings to the surface all these mission-driven, well-made, incredible brands that were really hard to find before. Right. We work with similar brands at times, and I find it so rewarding to help bring their vision, you know, to life um, in pop-up environments. And um, what are you finding that the brands are appreciating the most so far, you know, in these environments? I mean, clearly exposure to audience is the biggest, you know, selling point of Showfields. Being able to have a flexible, uh, you know, shorter term lease is a big deal for these brands. Uh, and to be able to experiment within retail settings and, you know, be able to collect data around that, whether it's pricing or branding or what products are really working within a physical environment, set these companies up to have a lot of success around retail expansion um, so that they're not just kind of going out into the world and spending money against something that they don't understand. I really think that our most successful brands at Showfields are not only brands who have tons and tons of sales and lots of Instagram posts and lots of attention. It's also brands that are really able to understand their company better and come out on the other side of their residency, you know, knowing what they need to do within a retail environment to really cause buzz and excitement and sales for their consumers. Yeah, that is so exciting. And I remember when we spoke earlier, um, you were telling me about your, you know, whole data program and point of sale system that really puts together some valuable reporting tools. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I think for us, when we really looked at the landscape of what we needed to create to bring these digital brands to life in a way that was exciting for them and made sense for them, we wanted opening a store to be as easy as opening a website. So we spent two years building our technology platform, everything from our own point of sale to data collection systems within uh, the store itself. Everything is you know, a system which uploads into what looks like Google Analytics for each of our brands. So that's not just a zero one of sales, right? It's not just what sold at what time. It's how many people you know, walked by your space and maybe didn't enter? How many people actually entered? How many people touch product? How many people purchase product? Um, and what kind of the customer uh, looks like who's most attracted to your brand? Um, and being able to really look at those things and, and having spent the two years building that, I think is a real competitive advantage, not only for us, but the now over 400 brands that we've worked with uh, to really understand who they're speaking to and who they're resonating with um, and what is kind of that point, uh, you know, whether it's a display or a way of merchandising or a piece of marketing content that really draws a customer in. Yeah, that research is so valuable. And I think it's going to, you know, definitely set you apart and make it hard, you know, for brands to pop up on their own. There's so much to do, you know, every time that I, I start a, a new project and, you know, there's a lot of steps that have to be taken. And I'm always like, yeah, you're, you're starting a new store. It's everything from, from the brand to, you know, the presentation, uh, the marketing on and on. 
you get it. You've had to do it many, many times. So (laughs) I know we're on the same page about how hard retail is to do well. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to activations and, and live events and that side of the marketing piece, having brands who also work with you to reach out to their fans and their customers and make it a very um, pointed niche kind of experience is super helpful, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's about collecting the data, not only in our store, but in any location where we're opening the store and really understanding who is the consumer around there, who we're targeting, and trying to make sure that we are creating the right assortment of brands that really speaks to that consumer. Because the voice of that, you know, 60 to 100 brands all speaking to that consumer at the same time is so much more powerful than one brand trying to stand on their own um, and and bring that consumer in. Uh, It's also much more interesting for the consumer when they do come in to sort of have this experience of discovery and seeing new things. Yeah, exactly. I always talk about it like the power of the collective. I love that. What is the um, the whole Miami scene like? And is, how is it different from New York? You know, I haven't obviously been to Miami since you opened. I wish I had been. But, you know, I love going into the store in New York. And I'm just curious, what what are you finding there? We've learned a lot from our first store, right? I mean, as any small company does, when you do something, you get that information and then you can use it to make decisions going into your next kind of location or next product. So for us, the Miami store is super open. Um, It has a two-story atrium in the middle of it, a giant glass staircase. It really flows beautifully. Um, I think New York is such a flagship and such an amazing vintage building. And it has its own incredible charm of exploring all four stories. But I think for what we learned from there is like having a really open space creates uh, even more flow into more brands for our customers. So Miami's super open and it's also super modular. So we took all of the design and architectural elements of our space in New York City. And then our design team actually created ways to make those elements completely flexible. So everything from the fact that like our walls on our second floor can be anchored to be permanent or can actually swing open if we want to create more space for a particular brand or artist. Um, those are the things that were really thought through. And I think kind of the final like thing that I'm most excited about on the <laughs> Miami side is that, uh, you know, the build that we did was completely sustainable. So everything from repurposing the packaging that products came in that were going into the store and creating an entire members area around this packaging and art installations using boxes and tables, Uh, you know, for me having a space that is reusing everything that comes into it is super meaningful, not only for the consumer, but for our team. And I think that's where, you know, consumers heads are as well. I truly believe that millennials and, and Gen X consumers especially are system thinkers. They really consider how the products that they buy and what they put on their bodies, you know, affect things um, like the environment and, you know, their own wellness. So I'm, I'm with you. And I, I really think that's the, the way to go forward for makers yeah. and for consumers. And that's so wonderful that you could bring that to life there. 
Yeah, I think that always at our core, we've only showcased mission-driven brands. It's part of our curation process. You know, we look to see that a brand is innovative, well-made, um, and, you know, really mission-driven, is really doing something that's not only better for you, but better for the world. Uh, and so that's always kind of been at the core of what we wanted to do as a company. But it's funny, this year, that story has suddenly really resonated with yeah. consumer. I mean, it just, you know, kind of happened to pair up within what's happening within the market and what's happening at the core of what we're building. And so even, you know, at the height of everything that's happening in New York, because we have all local small businesses that are mission-driven, you know, we still have a lot of traffic coming through the space because they want to support those things right now. They want to, you know, put their money where their mouth is and really like support the people that are going to go forward and, and create a whole new dynamic and system within this world. Absolutely. I see a strong connection between what's happening on Instagram, for example, and motivating people to go out into spaces and support them that way or support them online. Um, and, and Showfields obviously came out of the gate featuring, you know, women brands, women owned brands and designers and a great diversity, I, I thought, of makers. And you have some interesting collaborations going on right now. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about those? Sure. I mean, we just finished one that I'm particularly proud of. We partnered with American Express and we created a curation of 50 Black-owned small businesses for Small Business Saturday. Um, and so that ran within our store uh, for six months in partnership with Coco and Breezy as well, who are these incredible, incredible female founders who have their own sunglass line. But are Yes, I love DJ. them. They're love in, them. If you don't know, if anybody on this doesn't know who they are and you want to feel inspired today, follow them. They are doing incredible, incredible things. And so this partnership came together with these 50 small Black-owned businesses. And, you know, the thing that I'm, I think I'm most proud of in 2021 is this curation because within the first few weeks alone, we already had $200,000 in sales for these small businesses. And during a year when a lot of people aren't sure how they're going to you know, meet their next payroll as a small business, that is life-changing. Yeah. Um, and what I think it speaks to is not only the power of kind of the creators right now in this world in terms of the things that they're creating and how interesting they are when they are given uh, light and when people can find them, but also, you know, I think that enterprise clients or, or larger companies right now are really looking to create dynamics of change and to me, that is something to be incredibly optimistic about. It's a good, a good sign for the future of the things that will be built. It really is. And, you know, they need support to do that. That isn't their core business. Um, and it is yours. So it's, <laughs> it's a great match. I was also interested, I don't know if this is still happening, but there was um, a program with a design and art uh, group of high school students and Cartel, which is a contemporary furniture company that I love. I actually um, have a connection to one of their founders. I thought that was really a great idea. Oh, thanks. We we call it a collaboration of a collaboration, I think, is <laughs> how we've been coining it. But it's really fun because Cartel is, as you know, an incredible 
incredible, incredible furniture company. And we partnered them with Dash, uh, which is a design high school in Miami and had uh, a competition uh, for their students to create the most interesting chair in the world. Uh, (laughs) It was was a chair uh, that everyone kind of had the same base of that can be 3D printed out of sustainable materials. And they were able to design on top of that. Uh, And then we showcased those chairs in our window in Miami for our opening. uh, And they were absolutely insanely beautiful. But I think there is this really fun thing that is happening um, between companies and artists right now. So we, you know, have this stable of thousands of artists from around the world that we've now worked with. And we have, you know, these incredible thousands and thousands of companies that, you know, we are actively working with and finding overlap between those two things is what I think actually like creates some of the most interesting moments in showfields, whether or not it's pairing a brand with an artist to create a takeover of one of our slides. We have slides in both locations that. Take oh, yes. <laughs> Those are not to be missed. <laughs> um, or if it's, you know, for larger companies that are already doing that as part of their program, we were very excited to feature Perrier X Miracami in both of our locations as a water bar within our Miami location and as a slide takeover in our New York location. It brings gravitas to the other brands and artists that we are curating for them to sit side by side. And I think that's also part of the secret sauce of what we're trying to do. How do you create moments that drive attention and awareness and traffic and help, you know, rise the tide for everybody else within the space uh, is a lot of, you know, where we put our heads when we're thinking about strategy. That's, that's really smart. And also so important. I think, you know, people say to me sometimes, why do you want to work in brick and mortar spaces when everything is pointing toward (laughs) that not being? And I'm like, because look at the opportunity. We need spaces to gather and show and touch and feel. I I truly believe, and I love the digital platform. I mean, I did my master's work in interactive and all about it, but I also think that there's always going to be room, you know, for a physical touch point. You know, it's so funny when we opened our first store for Warby Parker it was so challenging, right? Like it it was a whole new side of the business for us, designing a store, um, you know, hiring a team to be in that store, signing that 15 year lease. But the moment I walked into the first Warby Parker location, I felt like for the first time I was actually walking around in the head of our founders and our designers. (laughs) Like it just, like it manifested into this thing that, I actually was able to experience in a different way, even after having worked at the company for three years. And I think that's what space does in terms of storytelling. It's so much more memorable. It's not just going to someone's website or reading their story. It's stepping inside of it. And if you can do that well as a brand, people will never forget you. And they will also tell other people about you because it will be something that is fundamentally, they understand better your story, your product, what you do, who you are in the same way that like speaking to someone over the phone and meeting them in person is very, very different. Yeah. I like to call it your third space, that it's important that people have a a third space outside of their work and their home where they can be creative and they can be inspired. Um, And that's different for different people, but it it is important. 
one of my favorite things to do when I'm at the stores is just watch people walk in and, and just, you know, the look on their face. It's so <laughs> weird. Like Showfields is one of the weirdest places in the world, uh, but somehow like weird in a way that is not for the sake of weird, just, uh, you know, interesting because of all of the people and artists and brands that we're working with create this amazing, crazy space. And so watching people react to it and, and see it and, you know, go through the minds of, of this story that we're telling is just joyous. And I think everybody deserves space to feel outside of their own head and to feel creative and to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. It's a very big narrative for us, especially coming out of COVID of how do we make people feel connected to something bigger again. So are there practices that you've put in place during this time that you think will remain, you know, that will help people feel more comfortable coming back? For sure. You know, we closed our doors on March 15th uh, in New York City, and it was devastating as a brand and as a company, uh, especially as a small company. That was, we didn't even have e-commerce when that happened. And so I look at the fact that the team was able to launch live video shopping two weeks later during a pandemic, while trying to get settled, while trying to figure out how to navigate the waters around their own lives. And I just feel so grateful for how innovative they are and how how amazing they are. I mean, they're definitely the people I wanted in my lifeboat, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but I look at live video shopping in our e-commerce now, and it's become a huge portion of our business that we didn't even have a year ago. Uh, and I look at, you know, we launched this app called the Magic Wand app when we did reopen our stores, which was three months later, as a way to keep our customers and our team safe. And it, it allows you to completely contactlessly shop the entire store, add things to your basket, check out, learn about all the brands and, and have very limited contact if that's where your comfort level is. Mm -hmm. And we've watched, you know, our traffic definitely go down to about 70% of what it was before COVID, but we're looking at 2x the conversion rate in the store. And I, I really look at that piece of technology and I'm like, what that did was it empowered everyone to feel comfortable to learn. Uh, and it gave them a tool that was on their own phone and on their own time and part of their own journey, instead of it being something that felt like an outside force of like, I have to ask a question. If I have it, I have to find someone, I have to do all these things by empowering the customer through technology. You know, I think our business is going to be forever changed. I don't think we are ever going to be a company that builds technology just for the sake of building technology. Cause I think that's actually detrimental to the consumer experience, but I think we've managed in this year to really stumble upon at points technology that, is really changing for our business and, and will inform a lot of our decisions going forward. I'm happy to hear that the uh, live video shopping and e-commerce, you know, has been successful uh, in terms of sales. It's been, it was a really fun experience. Um, I, <laughs> I think I logged on to the second one and, you know, it was just so great to see people like in a physical space have chosen products that they love, you know, we're doing demos that they're, they're really great. It's a wonderful program. Um, and I think that it also opened up, as you said, a whole new channel for you, something that, you know, I could invite a friend in Los Angeles, for example, to join me, you know, in real time. Right. And like that, I think that's what 
is also so changing for us. Like we were previously a location and I feel like now we are much more of a community that stretches across the entire U.S. And that's incredibly exciting for us. So does it make you feel like you don't need to rush into a third physical location because you have kind of this third life on the digital platform? No, because at the end of the day, like all of my beliefs around physical remain the same. Like I do think physical is transformative um, and there is nothing like acquiring a customer in a physical location uh, to a digital location. Um, So it's also just a really great market opportunity right now for flexible retail, right? On the other side of all this, you're not going to have a lot of brands signing long-term leases. You're going to have brands a little more um, cautious about kind of adding retail uh, locations onto their books. And so, you know, having Showfields locations where brands can still have meaningful, uh, you know, physical locations is going to be more important than ever. Um, Um, We are definitely looking to open a third and potentially fourth location this year. Um, And we also have some fun things up our sleeves to do kind of smaller pop-ups that live within other retail experiences uh, that we'll be launching later this year as well. Ooh, okay. So (laughs) anything you want to tell us about? (laughs) Soon, soon, I promise. I will have lots, lots more to share soon. Okay, so we're not breaking any news today, but that's exciting. (laughs) That is, that's great. That's great to hear. Wonderful. Um, Okay, so I guess we'll shift gears for a second and talk a little bit about the fund, which is, you know, the fund that you co-founded, I think it's an an amazing premise that the best people to invest in startups are startup founders, people (laughs) who have walked the walk. So I'm curious, how is that going and what is the direction for the fund this year? So if I go back to why the fund was important when we started putting it together about, gosh, three and a half, four years ago now, Um, it was that uh, we had all these people because of the cycle of startups in New York kind of coming to a point where they had these successful companies and they wanted to mentor and invest in the next generation of entrepreneurs within their ecosystem and be part of that because that's what makes these people thrive, right? Like that's what they love. Um, But that's really hard to do to source those deals and to understand uh, how to mentor those companies and to have a platform to do that and have time to do it. Uh, So you know, the fund really came out of an idea that I in no way, shape or form can take credit for. I had three amazing co-founders who really brought this idea to life and brought it together um, where we raised money from 80 different founders in New York City for Fund One. Um, Everybody from Neil from Casper to Josh from Pleated to SoundCloud to One Medical um, to Parsley Health, like all of these founders who I always had just looked up to and just thought that they were doing incredible work. Uh, So we raised money from those 80 founders. And then we invested that money into 50 companies that were being built in New York in less than 18 months. We run the entire fund on a Slack channel uh, where all of our LPs are actually in the channel, as well as all of the founders of the companies that we invest in. Um, And what it creates is an ecosystem where not only are you contributing 
contributing capital to these businesses, but you're one slack away from being able to be a fantastic mentor to them. So mm-hmm. no longer are you trying to find an hour in your schedule to, you know, really facilitate a full coffee conversation. You're able to, you know, answer one-off questions from these people as an investor in their company and as someone who really wants to see them succeed. This model really worked. And so Jenny Fielding and Scott Hartley, who are two of my co-founders, have expanded this vastly now. Uh, We then launched the Fund LA, the Fund London, the Fund Rockies. We have two more funds launching next week. Um, And in every ecosystem, it's the same playbook, right? They're raising money from people who have built companies within that ecosystem and then leveraging that incredible group of humans to help foster this next generation that's coming up. Um, and create, you know, great new companies that are are very well informed every decision that they make along the way. It's a fantastic opportunity for the companies. Yeah, it's also a fantastic opportunity for each of our LPs. I don't think that we knew how inspired our LPs would be by this next generation that's coming up because they're doing such cool things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see a lot of times technology companies that we invest in end up being products that some of these larger companies, you know, incorporate uh, into their day to day, Uh, whether it's, you know, Casper working with Paloma, which was, you know, a Facebook chat messaging technology, Uh, but they're all kind of helping each other. And I think if I look at the similarities between Showfields and the fund, it's all about the power of community and how life-changing that community can be. So smart. Are there, you know, particular categories that you're, that the fund is interested in? Yeah. I mean, we're very technology focused. Uh, We don't do as much in the direct-to-consumer space as I do on the Showfield side, clearly. Uh, But for us, it's really uh, in the same type of mission to Showfields, but with a technology side to it. It's this idea of investing in things that are really better for the world and are really going to create opportunity within any of the cities that we're investing um, and you know have long ranging impact within the world as a whole. So that's a really fun thing, right? You're not just investing in, in the latest, uh, you know, newest thing. You're really trying to, to bolster things that are going to create change. Uh, and that's always super exciting. And, and it's exciting, especially now, because the fund is the most active seed fund in the world uh, and has the ability to really actually create change uh, and really, you know, support things that they want to see. Wonderful. And how can founders um, get in touch with you about that? So the fund.vc, you can see our incredible community there. Um, You can see what deals we've invested in. Uh, You can always reach out to Jenny or Scott or myself or Matt Brimer. Uh, We're all here and at the ready. uh, And that's kind of the exciting thing about it. Um, I'm sure that if you are in any type of startup, there's at least one person that you can find that is connected to the fund, uh, whether we've invested in them or they are an investor in us. Uh, And so there's lots of inroads. Yeah. And uh, is there room for more LPs as well? 
Well, I mean, not in fund two for New York, but there are always new funds coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Fund three for New York will probably be next year. And as I said, we are rapidly expanding in terms of locations. Uh, so there's tons of opportunity as well outside of kind of the established funds that already exist. Uh, we're even actively looking for people to kind of run those funds within those ecosystems. So the, that's a really fun opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something that I I mentor startup companies um, through an organization and have friends who mentor. But I think that sometimes part of the frustration is you want to be able to invest as well, because as you said, you're, you're mentoring them, you're kind of close to the development process. And if you're vested, you really want to be invested. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's terrific. I want to talk about you for a second. You are surrounded by beautiful things, gorgeous brands and makers, and as am I, and, and I often um, want to support those, those companies and brands. So I'm wondering, have you bought anything for yourself lately during the pandemic that you're excited about, or is there anything you're pining for? Um, my team gets laughing because I'm the number one shopper at Showfields. <laughs> the problem is, like, I carry How did I know this? <laughs> and then I want them all. Um, so everything from the artists uh, to each of the brands, I'm, I really love to try all the new things and, and have them in the house. Um, and so a lot of times my friends get laughing when they come over. They feel like they're doing a very intimate tour of Showfields because I have all the products on display in my house. Uh, but yes, I have, I have continued to support all of our small businesses uh, through shopping myself. But I think the thing I'm, I'm most proud of this year uh, is the day before my 37th birthday as a single woman at the age of 36, I bought my own first home. Oh, congratulations. Big feeling, you know, it was a very big feeling uh, after, you know, 11 years of being so heads down within my career uh, to pick my head up for a second and, and really start to create a home and put some roots in. And that's been really lovely. That's amazing. Good for you. Wow. So I was thinking, you know, if I know you work with lots of brands to curate their their own spaces and you're you're curating show fields, but if you were going to curate something for yourself, like the Katie Hunt pop-up, are there certain categories or messages that you are excited about right now that you'd want to put out into the world? Like what would that look like? I'm very lucky to have an incredible incredible group of women around me from yourself to, you know, a lot of the mentors in my network to the other founders in my network. And I think I would love nothing more than to create a space and celebration of them. Uh, I think we are, you know, really entering into uh, a space where women are truly being celebrated and given not only a seat at the table, but the actual room where the table is. Uh, And to me, I really am so impressed by how much work uh, the women around me have put in to make that possible and the many, many, many generations of women before us. Uh, And so I do hope within this next year to really be able to tell that story at Showfields, um, but also, you know, in my life, um, very appreciative of the people and the community that has raised me and continues to support me. Um, And I'm very lucky to come from a strong mom who, you know, has supported uh, me going after these crazy things uh, my entire life. So 
you know, I think for me, a female curation mm-hmm. of female makers and artists is something that is top of mind for me for 2021. I love that. And I understand what, what you're saying about having that strong support system. And I, I feel very grateful as well. And I have some ideas for you. So we'll, we'll talk. Oh, please. good. That's perfect. <laughs> that's what I love about you. I know you're not only going to hear it, you're going to make it a reality. And that's, that's an incredible talent. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about in terms of what's happening with show fields or what you're thinking about for the year? Yeah, I would just say uh, incredible opportunity to support small businesses right now. Um, Showfields.com is a great place uh, when you're looking for something uh, that is not only really unique, but just is going to really change the life of somebody else through that purchase. Um, you know, we don't touch sales. So for us, you know, when I say that it's, it's about really creating uh, revenue for these founders. So I, I highly encourage the next time you're looking for a gift for someone or just something to light up your day. It is a very easy win across the board. So Well, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, And thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your visions with us for the future. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to all the continued work we're going to do together, Susan. And and I really appreciate, you know, having the time out today to, uh, you know, get to be reflective on what the team is doing and how impressed I am with everything they've done over a crazy year. So thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. Onward. Onward and upward. (laughs) Onward and upward. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Pop-Up Biz Podcast, where something new is always popping. For guest ideas or to innovate your next pop-up, email me at susan at popupsummer.com. Also, head over to our social media channels on Facebook and Instagram at popupsummer. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over to your Apple Podcast app, scroll through the episodes, click on five stars, and leave a review. 